Hey everyone, welcome to the Michigan Beer Pursuit Podcast. You are joining me for episode 51. We are officially over the hill and made it this far and we're ready to hit the ground running after a little brief hiatus, a little uh, little under construction, if you will, like every road in Michigan this summer, um, bringing you a brewery episode. So we're hitting it with, uh, with Eternity Brewing, round two, uh, you know, back in uh, episode 29 when we hung out with Trevor and the guys. Um, got some new faces. So Trevor's back, but we're with Ethan, which is one of the managing partners, and then Ryan, which is the uh, the new head brewer. So uh, just recently started and really psyched to uh, introduce, you guys, introduce you guys to this guy and, and really see what, you know, I'm excited to see what's going to be, you know, getting served out of those taps from eternity. I have uh, some high hopes and, and I'm pretty excited about it. So um, I'll be bringing you episode 52 here, uh, you know, shortly um, with your typical weekly breakdown of new brews, etc., and stuff like that. But for this week, um, we're just hitting it with eternity. So super psyched to, you know, have you give you guys this episode and uh, looking forward to it. All right. So without further ado, enjoy guys. Eternity Brewing. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Michigan Beer Pursuit Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm here with uh, a familiar face, Trevor, from Eternity Brewing, and a couple new faces, Ethan and Ryan. Um, let's just do a quick intro and, and let everybody know uh, you know who you are and, and what you guys do at the brewery. Ethan, we can start with you. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, Ethan Whitesell, um, one of the partners here at the brewery. I've uh, been managing partner for about a year now. Um, so just uh, love hanging out, talking with customers, and slinging beers every once in a while when I'm around and, um, and just uh, trying to get this brand going. Heck yeah. I'm uh, Ryan Lytle. I am the head brewer. I took over about a year, not a year, <laughs> a month and a half ago. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's been great so far. Um, a lot of fun, great place to work, really good environment. Right on. Uh, this is Trevor, uh, back again with Michigan Beer Pursuit, and so happy to have him here for our second uh, opportunity to participate in this fabulous podcast. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, I think Ryan's uh, understated excitement um, is misplaced. Uh, we're, we're super happy to have Ryan on board with us um, with his expertise and background in brewing, and I'm looking forward to hear him uh, tell a little bit of his brewing story and some of the exciting changes he's already uh, put into place here. Yeah, heck yeah. It's some crazy times going on right now in Howell with uh, Balloon Fest. I drove by whatever Howell High School and it was just like a mob of people. And then I went past another street and just another sea of people. Like that's like the most insane thing. It's one thing to say like Howell definitely has its events. Like they closed down, isn't it downtown for Melon Fest and, and stuff like that. Like it's it's wild here. So did you guys have, um, you guys took part in the uh, the beer something it was like from 12 balloons to 4 yesterday brews. yeah balloons and brews how was that yeah it was great um we brought two beers and we brought the uh, night glow which was a uh schwartz beer dark lager oh nice um and that was a commemorative beer for the event i believe we've been doing it for about four years now okay sweet um and then we also brought the volume 42 of michigan hops uh which nice. is a uh all chinook michigan chinook hopped uh, pale ale with a really heavy dry hop on it, so the aroma Perfect. was awesome. And they both did really well. Uh, people nice. really liked them. I was surprised that uh, the Schwartz beer went over as well as it did just because it's dark and it was like 90 yesterday. Yeah. People kept coming back because it's got that light body. It's only mm-hmm. 5.2%. And with the lager yeast, it's uh, got a crisp finish and everything, so it's not like yeah. your typical dark stout or anything. So Yeah, Justin really and I, well. did a, um, we did a homebrew competition, and we did a Schwartz beer. 
and it was tough like everyone sees it and they're like oh it's a stout it's some heavy dark beer yeah. or whatever and then they try it and they're like oh this is all right i can do this i can drink this and whatever you just got to like change that perception of of those dark you know dark beers can still have the light body and and that lager taste um so we were here i think last august so let's you know touch on some of the changes just since you know um how many months ago was that 10 10 11 months something like that what's you know obviously the addition of ryan what else you know kind of has changed since then Everybody's uh, looking at me here yeah so <laughs> uh we've really uh we, we kind of made a post about this a little bit after the last podcast um but you know basically you know just like every other small business um we we got we, we fought through covid you know and so mm-hmm. uh, we kind of got to this point um i think it was almost around christmas time last year where it was like you know hey we need to we need to we need to get back in the driver's seat um and and get rid of uh you know these ideas from COVID of just surviving um and so we're kind of uh we kind of reinvested ourselves as as a company um so we went out we got brought in a a great general manager his name is james um he's really been working on um, the customer experience making sure that um everything is you know up to our standards and making sure that um, customers just have a great time and enjoy the atmosphere here yeah. uh, working with our staff and um, uh, you know through that time we've also you know been been working on where we can improve and that's a big reason why Ryan's here um, obviously we had a great foundation um, you know in our recipes and in our team that was here um, but we're really looking towards the future now and um, and really trying to build build the business build the brand and uh, you know really really get back to what our cores are which is you know having a, a great variety of great beers mm-hmm. and uh, and also um, going back to the expanded menu scratch food you know less uh, less compromises mm-hmm. yeah I think if I could add to that and at the same time circle back to sort of your last point Chris um, you know what's what's changed I would just say uh, reinvested the energy like Ethan said but but getting back to business more as normal um, you know, roughly a year ago, we were still like newly out of, you know, the COVID phase and there was still a lot of fear and apprehension uh, out there in the public. And I think now uh, things start to feel normal. Uh, and as you spoke, we were at uh, Balloon and Brews this weekend. So it's, it's nice yeah. to see events finally mm-hmm. really relaunching. Um, the Chamber did a fabulous job adding that new component there to, uh, to the Balloon Fest uh, and having it when there was five breweries there. It was really well represented. Uh, we had a great time being there. It feels good to be back and engaged and really excited about what we're doing. Still brewing great beer, trying to yep. deliver a great food, um, as well as cultivating and trying to improve and enhance the atmosphere here at the brewery. Uh, we've had several additions to the patio, added some games, uh, mixed up entertainment offerings, Adding a, adding a general manager that's highly focused on being here, being present, customer engagement. Um, mm-hmm. We continue to build on all the same foundations and fundamentals and goals and objectives that we had. Uh, but, it, but what's really nice here, you know, 10 months since the last time we talked, is I feel like the general public as, is as excited as we are. Um, and, and things start to feel like just re-energized uh, kind of in every aspect. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, now, with the addition of Ryan, you know, I want to touched on uh you know kind of like your your intro to brewing like tell me you know how that all started your your first taste of uh of brewing whether it was home brewing or or you know if you hopped right into a brewery i'm interested to hear about that you know i uh started home brewing probably about 12 years ago okay um just 
I started to get really into craft beer and I was going to breweries, trying all these different beers. And then a friend of mine and I decided, let's try making our own. So we uh, ventured into that. We started with the extract yeah. and honestly it lasted two batches. And we were like, let's start going all grain. Um, but yeah, I remember my first batch though actually turned out great. It's yeah. just like surprising. <laughs> it was wrong, but it was great. So well, what it was, was it? It was a wit beer. Okay. And I got like the kit and I followed everything the way it said and everything looked good. Every body was fine. Everything was good, but it was super hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how did this happen? And we actually submitted it to a competition. Okay. And uh, it, I had to drive up to like Frankenmuth and drop off bottles. Okay. And yeah, like every single uh, feedback we got was, this would have been really good in Belgian pale ale. Like category, but not a beer. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so it turned out really good, but it was just too hoppy. Um, and so then from there on, uh, started homebrewing my little brother and his friends and stuff because I don't think they were even allowed to buy homebrewing equipment (laughs) or ingredients at the time. So I started doing it with them, and we were buying more and more uh, stuff to make more beer and everything. And that's funny because you can be you have to be 21 to buy beer, but you. can be whatever age to make your own beer. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's still illegal, but they didn't really know that. I guess, and I didn't know that, so they were like, "Will you go with this? Like, will you go buy all the stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So I'm like, "As long <laughs> as they get record, they didn't drink any of it." None of it. No, I never, got all their. Never, I got all their points at Adventures Home Brewing, so there that's all that mattered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so doing that, and then um, from there, I just uh, started uh, volunteering at. Uh, falling down in okay. Warren. Uh, yeah, like it was like every Thursday I'd go and uh, help with the brew day. And that was real beneficial. It was awesome. Uh, Is that where you're from out that way? I'm from Livonia. Okay. Um, live in Fenton now. But yeah, that's uh, where I started though, uh, getting like into it and everything professionally. Yeah. And it was, it was really beneficial, but at the same time, it was always the brew day. So I didn't learn anything about the seller side at okay. all. That didn't come until I got to Witch's Hat and uh, really got into all the cellar and I really into the cellar. Like, okay. I yeah. think that's such an important part of brewing. Um, it's where it's cold and where things can actually go wrong, really wrong. Yeah. Uh, where the brew day, I mean, things can go hot in there too, but everything's at a boiling temperature and contamination's not as uh, possible. So. Mm-hmm. so I feel like cellaring work is more of like the troubleshooting or, you know, because like yeah, the brew day, like you're so routine and it's you know different beers might change that up a little bit but it's kind of just like all right mash tap but you know you have like your set yeah. parameters and then cellaring is pH like pH is like one of the main things you're checking but outside of that yeah it's pretty routine and you're usually hitting all your numbers yeah for the most part especially if it's a beer you've been doing for a while so yeah it's the cellar sides where things you're like like our raspino right now uh-huh. it's not spicy enough and i'm like well, how can i get the spice here so you gotta <laughs> troubleshoot it and figure that out yeah. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. So you went from from falling down where you were volunteering to actual actual gig at Witch's Hat, right? Yep. Okay. And then from from there, tell me the transition from from Witch's Hat to uh, Eternity. So after Witch's Hat, I uh, took a year off and I started uh, doing heavy machine operating. Okay. Um, which was it was fun. It was it was something, <laughs> it was different. Uh, I knew the my boss. Uh, I was. I'm friends with my boss okay. there, so it was uh, it was pretty fun working with them. But yeah, just the environment was a lot different. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just crazy guys, and 
but it was kind of monotonous. I mean, you're just smashing up like concrete and crushing it. And it was like, it's kind of boring. <laughs> and, uh, fun for a little bit. Yeah. Fun for a little bit, you know, <laughs> but when you're doing like 65 hours in the summer and then like 20 in the winter, it's not that cool. So. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> tough. So did you, did you see, you know, eternity post for a, a head brewer spot or did you kind of get sought out by these guys or? Yeah. Or? Um, <clears throat> my wife actually saw it for me. Oh, sweet. Okay. And yeah, she, uh, like hey they're hiring you know working with head brewer and i was like well awesome like i'm gonna definitely apply for that and <laughs> did it and then went through the uh, process a couple weeks and now i'm here and Sweet. yeah it was it was a little stressful though because i was like waiting for a call back I'm like come on like i thought i had a good interview <laughs> like and then yeah when i got the call i was like yes <laughs> yeah there you go it's great what um what are some of your favorite beers to brew um as far as the actual brew day, uh, stouts are awesome because the, the aroma and the brewery is just great, mm-hmm. doing all the roasted malts and everything. Sure. Um, but, yeah, as far as just to brew and drink, um, I love, like, clean West Coast IPAs. Uh, excited to do a bunch of those. Hopefully that style is, seems to be picking back up and continues to. Mm-hmm. Um, New England's are fun to brew, too, because you don't have to really worry about adding hops during the process until mm-hmm. the very end. Yeah. So it's an easy brew day. Uh, I like sours. Sours are fun because you can always, there's so much you can do with them. Like, you know, you can make a savory sour with ingredients, you can make a fruited sour, you know, add teas. There's just so many different adjuncts and things you can add to sours to just make a beer however you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just fun to do. Yeah, hell yeah. What, um, you know, how are you looking to make, like, your, uh, your touch on eternity? Like, your... Um, I guess impact or footprint or, or however, like, you know, the beers you're going to bring to the menu and stuff. So I, uh, I'm real excited to bring like a bunch of new, weird, crazy stuff that like people here haven't maybe seen, um, and play with that. But then also I want to do a lot of like good traditional styles, like the German Hellas or like French Saisons and stuff like that. So it's going to be like a, a neat balance, um, of like traditional very to style. And then, I mean, still to style base beer, but then throw all my weird twists, yeah. in, like with yeah. just different ingredients and barrel aging and all that kind of fun stuff. Sweet, yeah, hell yeah! Those French saisons and and Hellas's are like my two favorite. Yeah, <laughs> styles. So. Well. Looking forward to that. Um, so we got three beers in front of us. Let's kind of do these in uh, you know in sections. But the first one we have, let's uh, let's talk about the first one on our far left here, fellas. This is uh, Michigan Hops uh, Volume Forty Two. Okay. So Michigan Hops is a beer they've been doing uh, for a while now. It's kind of a, it's a flagship beer, and it's uh, pale ale. And then they've been taking um, different Michigan Hops and showcasing them in it in different ways. Um, so for 42, me and Ethan, the uh, assistant brewer, we're just dabbling along. And he's like, I really love Chinook. And I was like, well, have you ever had Michigan Chinook? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, dude, Michigan Chinook. Is different from the other like this is it's gonna have like a pineapple juicy fruity flavor to it I'm, let's do it nice yeah so, cheers fellas let's try this let's try it what um uh what farm did you guys get it from uh top hops in goodridge okay um sean was awesome and he uh delivered the hops to me i really appreciate it and yeah we uh we hit it real hard with uh, the dry hop yeah i actually Supposed to do eight pounds on it. I did nine on a three barrel. So yeah, three pounds per barrel is pretty good on a dry hop. I, uh, you know, I don't know anything about brewing, right? 
got Ryan, thank God, in the back of the house for doing that. <laughs> and, and first of all, I can say, Ryan, uh, however nervous you might have been when you were interviewing, trust me, we were more nervous. <laughs> when, we, when we found out we needed to replace our head brewer, Oh my gosh, um, my heart pretty much stopped when I heard that news. Um, and, and we feel so blessed that we were able to find somebody with as much experience as you bring. I was so afraid that we were going to be training up somebody new and so concerned about the quality of our product suffering uh, because, of, because I don't have the brewing experience and none of the partners, none of the ownership uh, does, right? We took over with the brewing team. So we were incredibly nervous um, and, and I'm so happy that we found you and we're so excited about what you bring. And, and adding to what you just said, uh, Michigan Hop has been a staple, a core beer right from the beginning with Eternity, and we are on volume 42 now, yeah. always brewed with 100% Michigan hops. Um, and, and, and so every volume, every rendition, they change it up a little bit. Um, and I have to say that I'm, I'm super impressed and excited about this one here. Um, I, I think that it's got like a different mouthfeel uh, than, than what we typically see. Uh, and, I, and I think it's beautiful and, and, and I think it's a great example of some of, the, some of the uniqueness that Ryan and his experience is gonna bring to everything we're doing here. Yeah, yeah, this is such a great flavor too. What do you guys think? Peanut gallery. <laughs> they like it. Um, so how are the brewing you know, roles set up with, uh, you know, with you and Ethan in the brew house? How does that, you know, do you guys kind of share like the same mix of duties or is there kind of a, a separation of things you take care of and, and things you need him to take care of? So unfortunately, Ethan actually uh, left uh, oh, okay. to take on a new trade. It was kind of planned, I guess, uh, before I was hired. And he, st he was nice enough uh, to stick on and uh, just help me get adapted and equated with the system and yeah. uh, the brewery back there and show me. So how, it's all you now. Yeah. So now it's just me, <laughs> which, you know, after being at Witch's Hat, having yeah. a bunch of employees to manage and stuff, it's kind of a nice change of pace. I, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, a little bit of a different thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, how are you guys deciding which, which beers to brew? I know, you know, with, um, you know, the Michigan hop volumes and, and, you know, stuff like not a coward torn in two or anything of those, are you keeping a set number of like staple beers and then, you know, you just get the, yeah, to so run away with the rest or. I think after talking with, uh, the owners, it's looking like we're going to have like about four to five of the flagships on rotating, mm -hmm. like with the seasonals. I mean, torn in two and Michigan hops will always be on. And then, um, the other, I think there's eight, technically the flagship beers mm -hmm. um the other five or six will uh be rotated through kind of based on season and everything um which is nice not having to have you know a ton because then it gives me so much you know creativity and freedom to just put whatever i want up there especially mm -hmm. you know when you're doing three barrel batches and you you know you're only producing seven kegs you're going through those quick so mm -hmm. you get to like really brew a lot of stuff and put a bunch of different things on the board which yeah is Really fun. Yeah, heck yeah, and really try your hand in, in different places, see what the, the customer's like, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, is there any sort of like recipe you guys found for, you know, for success? Is there X amount of IPAs you want on? Is there X amount of stouts or lagers? Or do you guys kind of leave that up to the brewer to decide? Or, you know, how is that kind of formulated? Yeah, so we definitely look at, you know, those metrics, but um, the the key is just to have, like, we've always wanted to have a board. Like, we, we pride ourselves on having a board that has a variety of styles. Mm -hmm. um, and so you don't won't typically see that we have, you know, multiple 
of the same style at one time because um, you know it, it's kind of one of the unique things about us is we have you know we have 22 taps um, that we can fill and so um, we try to keep a, a big variety of styles obviously you know we, we vary that by season um, mm-hmm. but we're really excited to see what Ryan has come up with um, you know we're um, I know he's planning on putting out a New England soon um, followed up by a double New England um, some, just some cool some cool beers that we haven't dabbled in before yeah um, that he brings the expertise to to be able to pull off um and so yeah in terms of in terms of uh you know what styles that we're going for like you said um you know we have uh, torn and two and michigan hops are always going to be there um it'll rotate through seasonally and then you know it's kind of his uh his playground his sandbox to to run wild with yeah that's definitely a good way to say it but we we put a lot of faith in our brewer as i mentioned uh, none of the ownership knows how to brew we want the brewer to drive what the brewery feels like and i think our vision as an ownership is to have a very accessible brewery right we're we're a gateway brewery in the craft beer scene while some might specialize in belgians or in ipas only we like to be diverse um, have a variety and have approachable product uh, for people that have never really been into craft beer and for people that are diehard into craft beer we, we can we can service them all um, mm-hmm. and kind of just be that uh, encompassing offering here for them yeah absolutely offer a nice variety um, you know, what do you guys want to see the brewery um, do over the next year? Where do you want to see it evolve or, or change or, or anything like that? Can you guys touch on that? Man, that's, that's deep. You know, what, <laughs> you know what? Do we need a couple more beers before <laughs> we do this question? <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, I, I love the trajectory that we're on. And I feel like we're finally getting our feet under us. And we're finally getting the vision that we had. You know, we... We took over in 2019, I think most people know that. June of 2019, the current ownership stepped in and took eternity, and we had a clear vision then. Um, And then COVID happened, and it really screwed (laughs) up everything. Uh, And I feel like we're finally getting to show that vision to people after three years. I mean, June of 19. uh, So it's been three years now, and I feel like we're just starting to get there. Uh, And it's been a long, hard three years, and we're just starting to get to show off what we wanted to do right away. Um, and so I hope that we just get to continue on this fun road where we have new customers all the time. I, I took my kids to the pool, uh, at our community yesterday and I was wearing an eternity shirt. Uh, and I had people stop and tell me that they had just been in for their first time with their kids, that they loved it. They couldn't wait to be back. And, and it happens to me more and more, um, out in the community. And I feel like we are finally just starting to get the recognition that this beautiful brand um, really deserves to have and, mm-hmm. and we're really proud of it and we don't uh, we don't really take like credit for it I, I feel like I almost feel like a curator of the brand you know like a caretaker for it sure um, and, and getting it out there and, and, and finally getting it the recognition that it deserves we've got a good offering here um, the only thing that I know like the, the last thing on my giant wish list if money was no object is is our a building of our own mm-hmm. a space to create um, an exterior atmosphere that goes with the interior uh, you know, something to really put our mark on. Um, I don't, you know, we love our geographic location, you know, here, busy intersection, plenty of parking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hard in this strip center to, I think, develop um, the vibe and feeling from the curb appeal that, that we want to offer. Sure. Um, but uh, I think that's the last big giant thing. And, and, and we'd love to have a slightly bigger brew house and a bigger system, you know, and, but, but in general, it's just growth and continued continuing on the path that we've uh, finally got ourselves on yeah, yeah i'd say i'd say to continue on that um we've put all the pieces 
that we need to accomplish our vision in place now. Now it's just, um, it's, it's a combination of continuing to do doing what we're doing. And also we're gonna ramp up our visibility this year in terms of, you know, again, with the events coming back, we wanna be in more events. Um, Ryan's pumping out beer at a rate we've never seen before. So we're gonna be looking to get our beer on tap at more local places um, and really, you know, uh, you know, just amp up that, that awareness in the community. Um, get more involved now that uh, there's more opportunities so yeah that's that you know we, we we love our product we love what we put out there and now we just need people to to be able to come see it um, yeah and, and see it more often because we know we know if they come in here they try our beer they try our food they feel our vibes our environment here that they're going to want to come back but they, we just got to get in here the first time yeah i was excited to see you guys at that balloon fest and stuff because you know you're we're kind of like a mile or two off the cusp of that like downtown um uh, what do they call it? Where you can walk around with, with, yeah, yeah, like a social district, you know? So, I mean, I guess you could do a little one with like those Lowe's Trace or something, but, um, you know, it's I'll, awesome I'll to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but what, um, you know, that was actually leading to my next question is what, uh, you know, what kind of events are you guys doing outside of the brewery? Uh, we'll touch on like the ones you guys do inside, you know, in a second here, but you know, are you doing any like festivals or, or looking to do like a burning foot or any of like the Michigan brewer guild, um, fall or, or summer or anything like that, guys? We don't really have anything in the books right now. It's funny you mentioned Burning Foot. We worked really hard at trying to get in there for a couple of years. Um, and was having no luck and um, even getting a sort of a response um, from that one. It's funny you bring that one up specifically. But we, we finally feel like we're in a place where we can get back engaged. We did have to disengage a little bit. Um, as you know, Ethan mentioned earlier, like, sort of being in that survival mode. We, sure. we kind of pulled all of our resources in the house. Staffing is still a huge challenge for us. Um, and, and we're finally feeling like, all right, let's get re-engaged. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to start partic- participating in future upcoming, you know, both guild events and and other events uh, that we can get involved with. Uh, also, I mean, there, there, some of those events weren't even happening, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're definitely yeah. looking forward to getting back involved. You know, we, yeah. we kind of feel like we pulled back, but also a lot of the events pulled back, you know, the NFC Beer Fest and stuff being canceled. You know, yeah, years yeah, there was so many canceled in a row. Yeah. It's wild. And now it's just like full bore. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, they had a couple successful so ones. We got to make, make up for lost time. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then as far as events go, you know, in the brew house, I'm hoping this will be uh, aired by, by June 30th. But you guys are doing a, um, a Euchre event. So like the Hope Water International Euchre event. So that's pretty cool. Can you guys talk about that for a second? Yeah. So that's a, a specific event for that um, charity that's being put on uh, by a group, a local group. Um, that's uh, so that's awesome. That, that we also do a monthly uh, Euchre tournament. So this is kind of a one-off, but we also do a monthly. It's every second Tuesday. Um, it's actually in collaboration with the Brighton Optimist Club. Oh, nice. Uh, so they, they basically put it on, and uh, and then they pick a local charity, um, typically hyper-local. Um, you know, so we've done ones for the library, for cleaners, um, ones that are really impacting the community. Um, and, and it really, it's it's uh, it's not only is it a fundraiser but it's also an opportunity for people to come together and you know just you know meet new people get out have some fun um and and we end up giving back you know a good portion of what we sell that night to the charity as well so oh sweet um, we have those type of events going on um we're also as part of this plan to bring back more events we're also looking at doing um i know you guys were here for star s'mores mm-hmm. release party uh, back in the fall um, we want to we're, we're working on you know, putting together more release parties like that 
um, what are our you know what are our beers that we want to highlight that we really want to show off to the community to show our you know our personality um, and so we want to do more of those um, and we're also currently trying to plan um, an anniversary party uh, for the fall as well so um, doing more like bigger events in-house um, you know is, is definitely something we're looking to do now that people are more comfortable getting together in larger groups mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, Ryan, what's this next beer we're going to taste here in the middle? So that's uh, Queens of the Stone Fruit. Oh, sweet. Okay. It's I don't want to uh, try this one. Cheers, guys. Cheers. It's an American sour uh, <laughs> fermented on apricots and peaches. So it's real nice. Yeah, nice tangy. If I do say so myself, it's real nice. <laughs> Awesome, and then the last one here. That is B. Lominy. It's a uh, cream ale that uh, I had lemon zest to. Okay. And so, it's, yeah, it's a real approachable, drinkable, sessionable beer. Um, real light and just got that lemon zest to it, so it's just as close to a shandy as yeah, it, it can like, be without being without a shandy. Without the sweetness and yeah. grossness. <laughs> Perfect description. <laughs> without pouring lemonade. non-shandy yeah. beer. Yeah. You're not going to get gut rot from the sugar later on this one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was actually, this was also dry hopped with citra. Oh, sweet. So, but yeah, I had X amount of zest, zested, and I was going to um, add the whole thing, and I was tasting the base beer, and I'm like, ah. It's pretty good. Like, I don't know if I want to add that much <laughs> zest to it. So I kind of You can always add more later, right? You can't exactly. take it out. <laughs> so I kind of toned back on the zest, so it's not, like, overly lemony. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, like, perfect balance. Yeah, that's super good. <clears throat> so what beers on tap right now are, are your creations? Um, so Be Lemony wasn't – it was a recipe that was already here. Okay. Um, it was slightly tweaked. Um, I never actually caught – exactly how they added the lemon before so i just with my experience with adding lemon to things um just took my uh my way of doing it and turned turned out real well and then um michigan hops once again wasn't uh mine but just the cellaring practices and i uh took like hop um hop doses i Kind of laid that all out mm-hmm. so added more hops at different times so it was a little different than what they've been doing before uh the dry hop is probably one of the biggest ones they've done here um yeah. and it was just a pale ale so it was definitely different um so that one i w- was you know me and ethan collabed on that um but yeah going forward i have a coffee stout coming um and then i also have another sour it's gonna have uh, ginger lime zest and butterfly pea flower added okay so it's going to be purple nice Um, and really looking forward to those hopefully the coffee stout will definitely be done next week and i'm hoping the uh sour will as well okay right on ryan's super modest about it but his his fingerprints are starting to be put on things already yeah that's what Um, i was gonna say is is like even though some of the recipes are part of the you know eternity's you know book of recipes the way that he's brewing them is different that mm-hmm. we've seen before and he brings a level of expertise to you know the ph needs to be here the you know this is where the temp needs to be like this is how we dry hop just like he's taking those recipes and i feel like elevating them to his level of expertise yeah um, and so we're, we're you know not everything that's on the board was brewed by him 
Um, but obviously, he's filling the board up quick, and so I yeah. really think that you know it, it's it's really starting to represent the expertise he brings. Yeah, yeah. What little I I've done in brewing over the last couple of years and stuff, it's really like a recipe is a recipe, and it's the brewer who's going to make. It's all about I procedure. Mean, you could have ten brewers sitting here all with the same recipe, and they're all going to come out different. So <laughs> that's yeah, that's absolutely. you know. You could have the best recipe ever. And if your procedures are not done correctly, it's not going to turn out good. Yeah. You could have a silly recipe, and if you're doing everything right, beer's going to be all right. Yeah. It might what, not be exactly um, what you wanted, but it'll be well made. <laughs> yeah. It's part art and part science. Exactly. <clears throat> any um, you know, any inspirations? Any like favorite, you know, Michigan breweries? Like you're like, shit, I need this kind of beer like on my menu or anything like. Yeah. If you're if you're not drinking Eternity beer, like that's yeah, a beer um, in your fridge at home. I'm sure a lot of people would go to this um but like obviously bells mm-hmm. was a huge influence you know they used to do everything well um that's why they're bells and then of course founders too you know being more you know creative and doing crazier things that are uh not of the norm sometimes and not to style some people say mm-hmm. um, those are huge influences but also i'm a big fan of like black rocks i really like what they do um, I like what Beards does. I mean, there's you drafting tables, awesome. Yeah, places like that. Um, really like their directions and stuff like they make. It's definitely like, oh, that's pretty good. I might try something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I have a I have a personal favorite that you can no longer buy that I'm gonna force on him at some point. Uh, and I, I'm I know I'm in a niche here, but uh, there Atwater used to do a poor boy smoked porter. Okay. And, and I love that beer. Roush style <laughs> beer. Heavy, heavy smoke. Absolutely love that beer. It's like, eat, it's like eating beer. a campfire. Yes, it was eating a campfire. It was like charcoal in your mouth. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, and that hasn't been in production in quite some time. But I would love to see us do a heavy smoke Roush style beer at some point. Um, oh, yeah. and at, at some or point even just a five-gallon batch you can just take home and put in your cake <laughs> right yeah. now. <laughs> no, I'm going to share it with the world. I'm going to force it on them because people need to love it. Yeah, you either fest. love it or hate it. I'll make a smoke porter. I'll make a roush. I'll do a smoke sour. Get a whole smoke smoke party. Nah, there man, you go. That's a smoke party right there. Yep. <laughs> Everyone can bring their smokers to the brewery. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Get crazy with it. Um, anything else, guys, uh, you know, you want to touch on? Um, you know, maybe, you know, as you're talking to friends and family and stuff who, like, who haven't been to Eternity, like, I'll see, you know, friends and stuff who are from Howell, and I'll be like, hey, if you're going to – Eternity yet, and if they don't know where it is, I'm sending them here. I'm like, go there, try anything on tap. I don't even send them, like, tell a certain beer, um, unless, like, Star S'mores or something is coming out soon. But, you know, what do you guys tell, you know, folks as you're, as you're meeting new people or, or whatever? Like, hey, come to Eternity, try this. You know, what are you, what are you saying to try and, try and get them in the doors here? Uh, it, uh, it might sound like canned, but I, I would just say try us if you haven't mm-hmm. before. Uh, I think we have a very good offering, right? Like if you're going over to B-Dubs because you, they got a lot of taps, well, come over here and check our taps out once in a while. Um, I, I think we have a, a great little brewery uh, that's got a very welcoming atmosphere. You know, bring the family. You know, kids are not out of place here. Uh, we got plenty of games on the patio. It's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, obviously, if you're out for uh, Manhattans, uh, this isn't the place to come, right? But if you just want like a great beer on a, a you know, and a good meal at a, like at a fair value price with uh, happy people that are willing to talk to you, talk about beer, talk about life. Like this is a place where everybody feels pretty welcoming. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say just try us. And if you don't like us, 
fine, but, but most people keep telling us over and over, this is my first time here, I loved it, we, you'll see us again. Yeah. So I think our, I think our biggest, I think our biggest hurdle right now is just getting more awareness out in the community. And, yeah. uh, and that's really it. Yeah. I mean, our, as an ownership group, our vision from the beginning has been to do everything. Everything we do has to be craft. Like it has to be scratch. It has to be, you know, it has to be intention behind it, right? We don't just open something out of the box and, and give it to the customer. So, um, we've been working to try to build that experience for our customers and, um, you know, it really, we're, we're trying to put that into everything we do. Um, the food, the beer, um, the experience, the staffing, everything. We, we want that to be craft and, and really tailored towards the experience of, of a brewery because, you know, there's lots of options. You know, Trevor mentioned one. You can go down the street to any big box place and buy a bunch of beer. Mm-hmm. You can drink at home in the patio. A lot of people like doing that now, you know. Um, but we want to offer the experience of the brewery and, and what it is that we're trying to get across to the customer. So, um, like, like Trevor said, it's really just come give us a try. You know, and we've got great regulars here that all like to chat, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and and we've got great staff that, that wants to to get to know you. And uh, and you know, we think the beer and food is pretty good too. So, um, <laughs> just want to you know just say give us a try. You know? Yeah. And uh, we we know that you'll come back. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are touching on that, like that customer interaction and stuff, because I think that's so huge. The more, you know, I just learned like I deep dive into different podcasts and stuff like that. They talk so much about like the percentages of like, you know, the beer nerds or something who come in is pretty low percentage. It's only like 20, 30 percent maybe that they come in and are really looking for like, oh, what kind of yeast did you use? And you're like, oh, shit. All right. You actually know what you're talking about. Like, we'll yeah. talk about that. But majority of people just come in for like that customer interaction like are the people nice here is it fun to go to do i want to hang out here or spend spend an afternoon there not we have to go there service is terrible but the beer is great you know so i'm glad you guys are recognize that and good service can make up for for bad product right but there won't be a bad product (laughs) but but you know bad service can also ruin great product and we we i mean it's it's our main intent to deliver on both, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's it's you know that's that's where we're that's where we're aimed. Well, I've always awesome. felt that there is like a craft beer culture, you know, aside mm-hmm. from craft beer, like there is a brewery vibe in general that we kind of all share. And I know when I'm traveling, I, my favorite, like if I see a oh there's a microbrewery by default, that's where I want to go because there is a certain vibe amongst craft breweries that exist and we're not all beer nerds and some of us are and they get really in the details mm. and others of us are just badge hunters on untapped or whatnot sure. but <laughs> i always find that that breweries just in general have a sort of that cheersy feel walk in sit down be who you are and it's okay to like talk to the guy next to you um, and that's what i really love about them and they in general kind of always feel that way and i know that's what hits me the most and why i always seek out craft breweries wherever i go they always feel local they always feel plugged in and they always feel welcoming and i and i love that about that if i go to a chain you don't have that same sort of feeling Mm -hmm. at all um and there's and you know i can always find the local fine dining establishment or whatever but there's something about a brewery that just it feels like going to your living room it always does i think it's that they care like it seems everybody when it's a brewery like you care about your product what you're serving people, you care about the people there, you're appreciative that they're there. That's just 
pretty much what comes down to me. I think it's just people care at a brewery mm-hmm. more yeah. than other establishments. Yeah, and not to knock on like beatups, but like there are thirty taps or whatever. Like nobody made that right. beer. Yeah. They didn't have any hand in, in doing it. Maybe Eternity's on tap, and they're like, oh, it's across the street, like whatever. But like at a craft brewery, and, and to touch on your point, like it's made right behind you, yeah. or you can see them doing it. You can smell it. Yeah, you I come in, and it's brew day, and you're like, hell yeah! <laughs> like I love that. When I walk in, I'm like. My girlfriend's like, oh, it smells. I'm like, yes. We're staying here all day. So, love it. Brewer comes back around the bar, and he's covered in, like, hops and crap. And he's sweating. Yeah. It's like, oh, he must have <laughs> made some beer. Exactly. Yeah, if someone complains about the beer to, to a, one of our brew tenders, Ryan might drive in if he's not here and talk to the customer. <laughs> you know? That's not going to happen anywhere else. He's like, so what did you say was wrong with this? Yeah. <laughs> so, you want to debate style right now? Let's talk about it. Did you just rate this a two and said, I don't like stouts? Why'd you rate it then? <laughs> you, you don't go, like stouts. Why'd you try a stout? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, sweet. So I think to wrap up, anything else you guys want to touch on? Anything we haven't hit yet? Yeah, I think we kind of covered everything. Ethan, I'm looking down the row. I, I don't think there's any uh, any big point. We're just really excited about the future. We're feeling great that Ryan's on board. Um, already impressed with like the little bit of tweaks that we've seen from him and the product that, that we're starting to get out of it. And I think yep. that it's just teed up um, and we're just teed up and ready for an awesome summer and a great fall uh, and, and just to get really back engaged with, uh, with events and, and, and get outside. Hell yeah. All right, guys, from Eternity Brewing, we're out. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers.